Welcome to Strictly Ball Business. Alec here with Dalton. We're going to chat about a few topics heading into this 2021-22 season. First of all, we're going to give a preview on the Charlotte Hornets, a team that uh, was in the play-in tournament last year and has uh, a very solid young core. We have a lot of excitement uh, over there to talk about. We're also going to talk a little bit about unvaccinated players in the league, implications for why this is even a deal, why people are talking about this, and um, mainly we're going to talk about what's next moving forward for these guys. Um, And next from there, we'll talk a little bit about the Portland Trailblazers, a trade that they could make to make themselves better, what what trade is there out there, we're going to discuss that. We'll also get into the Pacers, should they rebuild? Or should they push for a star? We're going to talk a little bit on both sides there and determine, you know, what is the right move for them. So first of all, the Charlotte Hornets, they made the play-in tournament last year. They were tons of fun to watch. Their announcer (laughs) is probably the best announcer in the league. Uh, You know, highlight reel dunks from Miles Bridges, Allie Upes from LaMelo Ball. P.J. Washington's fun. This is a fun squad. Terry Rozier's awesome. Um, where do you want to get started here on the Charlotte Hornets? Well, I mean, uh, we can start with they had a really busy offseason. I didn't actually realize it until I started looking at all their additions and uh, who they lost. Like Starting off, they lost Biombo, Graham, uh, Caleb Martin, Malik Monk, Grant Riller, Wanamaker, and Zeller. Um, and they, but they added, uh, I actually really like, I think they definitely got better this offseason. They added Book Knight, who I was really hoping the Magic would draft at eight. Uh, I thought, I think he'll be really nice for them. Iwundu, uh, also Magic alum, uh, just good for a defense. He's a good perimeter defender, just someone to throw in into the lineups. Uh, they got Jones. I love Kai Jones. I thought he was a really nice prospect. Scotty Lewis, another defensive player. They got Ubre. I, I like Ubre. Uh, not granted. I didn't. I got on the Ubre train after all of his potential was gone, so I just saw him as the player he was, and not the player um, Phoenix needed him to be or uh, Washington needed him to be. Um, and then Plumley, Ish Smith, DJ Carden, and uh, Kolboka. I think. Hope I'm not pronouncing that wrong. So obviously they added a bunch of nice guys. Um, Plumley was kind of the P- Plumley and Ubre were their headliners this offseason, I'd say. Uh, yeah, outside yeah. of the draft. I was actually super surprised. Uh, I really thought Andre Drummond would have been a really nice fit for these guys. Uh, they have all the spacing they could need. Uh, everyone shoots. Uh, it's not like Zeller was like shot 14% from three, so it's not like you're losing anything on three. I mean, he shot probably more mid-rangers, and Drummond does like his post-up game, but... I didn't think they were going to lose much, and at least you get some, like, all right defense. Like, I I wouldn't say he's a complete liability. Uh, he still is a decent shot blocker and awesome rebounder. You know, that's uh, half of defense is just rebounding. It's a very underrated part of his game. I mean, everyone knows he's a good rebounder, but it's part of defense is rebounding. I would say Andre Drummond is not far off from a complete liability. I mean... He was unplayable in most matchups for the Lakers this last season. Um, And offensively, when he gets the ball down low, he's a fumbler. He's not a guy you can expect to put it back up after an offensive rebound. So it's just, you know, a tough guy to to put into your system, especially if you're the Charlotte Hornets and you want to run and gun. Who I actually thought would have been a great fit for them at the five was Rashawn Holmes, who... Um, ended up getting a decent contract from the Sacramento Kings, but the Hornets could have realistically matched that, um, gone gone much higher, and made it tough on the Kings to return yeah. retain him. I guess they decided that wasn't worthwhile for them, but they still have a great um, cast of guys here. They're just kind of missing that that big man. But in terms of guys they do have at the big, P.J. Washington um, is a power forward. He's 22 years old. Can get his own shot. He shoots the three pretty well. Solid role player. Um, you know, really gives you a lot on offense, in my opinion. It's just defense that you're asking for a lot more there. And you know, hopefully, eventually that guy can become available. Miles Turner is always a thought here. Can they trade for him? 
That yeah, we, we always talk about Miles Turner, so I made sure in my notes that I didn't mention him anywhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I really like PJ Washington. I think he's gonna be a solid player. But um, I mean, watching him play, it's obviously super exciting on that offensive end. But when it comes to the defense, much like a lot of the players on this team, they um, surprisingly enough, their team defense it's actually pretty decent. They're able to fill in the gaps. Uh, they're switching fine. But it's their individual defense. It's, uh, someone's put it on an island. It's a for sure score. It's kind of weird because like they have some decent defenders. Like Hayward's a decent defender. Rozier's a decent defender. Miles is all right. But I mean, if that's your best, like I really think they need an elite um, defender. Uh, just like who who did we talk about the other day? But uh, an elite defender would really go hard. I mean, they don't have anybody who. Who I think I mean maybe Rogier I think would take on if they're like hey we need you to guard that player but he's also yeah. what six three six four like it you prefer to have your elite yeah. defender be a forward so they because more versatile they can if they have to guard a big they can but keep up with perimeter players but yeah I mean hopefully Lamelo Ball can get there he's six foot six he's twenty years old he's still young you know he can. He showed us a ton of promise on the offensive end this last year. I think it's just going to be a matter of does LaMelo Ball want to become a great defender because all the tools are there. He's fast. He, he's laterally quick. He brings out the best in his own teammates in offense. I could see him doing the same on defense from a leadership standpoint if he can figure out uh, it himself. You know, he's great. He's a great leader for this franchise to have, in my opinion. I think... Um, Ideally, you have another top pick alongside him, but they don't want to tank anymore, obviously, and they're kind of too good um, to do that as well. So it's kind of tough, but I think they'll they'll be able to get another solid dude next to him right now with Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. Those are a couple of solid um, veterans. They just re-signed Terry Rozier as well. He's a great shooter. He's a great driver as well for his size, and Gordon Hayward has got a really bad rep over the last few years because um, of his injuries. But in reality, he is an all-star player, and he gives you solid defense, and he gives you a great mid-range shot. He can hit the three, and he's a decent facilitator as well. Um, it's just the injuries that unfortunately keep yeah, coming back. Yeah, and it hurt him that he just they just couldn't find a place for him on that Boston Celtics team, so he looked just out of place. So when he was playing, like you naturally assume, like, Oh, he's just not doing that well. But he was like also filling a role that two other people were were filling, and he was forced into the lineup. It, it, it was this whole con- convoluted thing. But I, I yeah, for sure, I think he's yeah. awesome. I think he has a place in this uh, team if they were to, to compete uh, a little bit more. I, I have a trade that they could possibly make uh, um, in at the end of this, but. I think where they have to improve start is their starting center. I think they have to start with that. I mean, Cody Zeller, uh, funny enough, Cody Zeller was a positive player last season. He was uh, offensive rating at 112, defensive 110, 59% true shooting. Not the best. I mean, it was his true shooting is fine. It was whatever. Nine points a game. He's not on the team anymore, right? So, though, right? transitioning. So, Mason Plumley uh, is our new guy. His offensive rating, 109, defensive 114. True shooting, 63%. So a little bit better of a uh, offensive big, not by rating standards, but he was also on the Pistons, who were a much worse team, and that if the team offensive rating affects the player offensive rating and vice versa. So, I mean, it, he could turn out to yep. be a, a, a better offensive player than Zeller in this system. But, but really what they're getting out of Plumlee that they were missing is rebounds. Their top rebounder was... Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Miles, Miles Bridges. Yeah. PJ Washington at 6.5 rebounds a game. That was their top rebounder. Zeller was uh, right behind him with, uh, well, I guess he's not on the team right now, but 6.8, actually. He was right ahead of him. And that was your starting center. At least Plumlee will come in, rebounds 9.3 a game. He's he's not going to space the floor for you, but Zeller shot 14% from three. Like, how much of a difference there is. I mean, like I said, he, he at least shot mid-range, uh, but... I think in a certain role and what they what they have going around all the spacing, I don't think Plumlee has to shoot. I don't think that's needed. Uh, he can just sit yeah. in the dunker spot. It worked well for him enough in the, with the Pistons. But 
Yeah, not a sexy pick, not a sexy signing, but solid player and they needed the rebounds they needed a guy with more size who can at least play the center position or even the power forward position with some size and ideally they're hoping kai jones turns into something sooner rather than later but you needed to get some veteran talent at least for now and what we're finding is there's not a whole lot of good veteran um bigs out there that are available really you know they tend to only get moved around and a a lot of the good bigs that could be available are very undersized like uh chris boucher i think i mean some forward has to has to go with the raptors they're so they're crowded so you'd like to think they're going to switch in for a a guard sooner or later or i don't know or maybe a real center so chris boucher or nobi there's going to be an odd man out with scotty uh scotty barnes uh siakam i mean four starting caliber players on one team who all play three or four. And, I mean, one of them could play center, but he's very undersized. So uh, I think Chris Boucher would fit well yeah. on this team. I think it would – I think it suits yeah, – yeah, I think it suits the Hornets. the Hornets more because they are – because they have a point guard like Melo who can run and he fi- he's a great playmaker. Like, they – it fits into that fast system, that run and gun, and that's why, like, you can give up size because – you'll be more versatile, you'll be running, and it's just seven-second offense. Like, I think that'll fit better than the Raptors, who are more of a slower-paced, like, half-court offense. So, Yeah, LaMelo Ball will pull another inch or two out yeah. of these guys. Yeah, that's, you know? that's right. But, no, I, I think I think that's LaMelo Ball, go. if they wanted... I think, yeah, they definitely started their, their pursuit to the playoffs a year or two early. I mean, before LaMelo was drafted, they got Hayward. Not that there's anything wrong with Hayward, but I would have liked to see them get another young top draft pick to put next to him. I mean, I like... Yeah. It was questionable at the time because they had just, you know, declined on re-signing Kemba Walker a couple years prior to that for big money, which obviously ended up being a good choice. But nonetheless, then they go around uh, right after that and pay Gordon Hayward basically not much less than what Kemba got so it was like yeah. why you know at least at least pay the hometown guy and Gordon Hayward was a injury prone white dude coming into North Carolina <laughs> I, I I mean I think it worked out for Hayward however their timeline is a little they have to do something to get out of limbo it's either LaMelo takes that all that superstar step today I mean this season or next season and I think that'll certainly change the conversation. It'll make uh, every, a lot of people think about them as an actual playoff team rather than a play-in tournament team. I do think one of the other younger yeah. guys has to step up. I don't think it's going to be Miles Bridges. I think he's. we've seen his role. We've seen his peak. P.J. Washington could definitely get up there. I think Book Knight certainly has that potential. But I do think they need to go out and get someone uh, – so I say it like they need a first scoring option, not because Melo can't be a first scoring option or can't grow into one, but because since playmaking is arguably one of his, like if not his best skill, like when you have a playmaker like that, you tend to want someone else who's a better scorer, you know? So then like, uh, I mean, obviously Bradley Beal's thrown around a lot. So if you have someone like that, takes the pressure off them, they can just score and Lamelo, not that Lamelo doesn't have to score, but less pressure off him. Yeah, I mean, maybe in their minds, one of these guys like Book Knight develops into something solid in the next year or two. But at that point, they pull the trigger on a big trade, and they're like, "Well, we're already ready to compete. We've got solid players that are here now, but we also had our young stuff that we gave up to get that better star." Um, you never know who's going to become available. It might not be someone as good as Bradley right. Beal, but maybe they get a guy even just like TJ Warren, maybe a guy like, I don't know, even on the same team, Pacers, Karis LeVert. Um, you know, someone like that, not necessarily those guys specifically, but somebody who can get 20 points per game and shoot the three a few times is definitely what they're looking for. Ideally, James Booknight is that guy. We have no idea if he's that guy. He hasn't played a single minute of uh, regular season basketball in the NBA, so yeah, we have no idea. I, I mean, so top pick. You're right. I just don't time. think that'll be enough. Uh, I mean, in the long term, just getting a 
borderline all-star. I think they need to pick up an either an all-star now or pair him up with another superstar. As I mean, everyone says you need to pair someone else with another superstar. They certainly could pull it out, but I don't think yeah, yeah easier, said, easier than said than done. But uh, they are a high turnover team. Uh, I think a lot of that will change. I mean, uh, Don Devontae Graham didn't get as many turnovers and they let him go however rogier is a high turnover and obviously Lamelo ball handled the ball a lot and he was a high turnover but it was his rookie year so you can't complain too much but i think that'll get fixed um their starting lineup what do you think that looks like like uh ball i have ball rosier hayward washington plumley and Ubre as their six man yeah that sounds right i mean I don't know. I don't think Kai Jones is ready to start from day one. Um, if he can possibly start later in the year, if he starts developing early on, that'd be great. But typically we don't see centers have good rookie years. It's just rare, especially from a defensive yeah. standpoint. And if the Hornets want to play well this year, they're going to need a guy in there who can play some level of defense. So I agree. That's probably the correct starting five till – Gordon Hayward gets in. <laughs> yeah, and that, but that that's when uh, Book Knight can step in or Miles to, uh, Miles can walk in. Yeah, it's a deep team. It's uh, it's important to have depth. They've they've you know not ha- not been drafting like stars necessarily that effectively well, but they've done a very good job of getting good role players in here surrounding guys like Lamelo Ball, Terry Rozier, and and Gordon Hayward. So. I think this is a team that could possibly make it as high as the sixth seed in the East if a lot went well for them. Um, realistically, they're a play-in tournament team, kind of same level as like the Toronto Raptors. I'm really excited to see how they turn out this year. I think LaBella Ball in his second year is going to be a ton of fun. His ball handle was awesome last year, and it's probably going to be even better this year. I'm hoping for some deep yeah. threes, <laughs> hoping for some circus layups. Oh, yeah. uh, I think it's going to be fun. So I, I said I mentioned him before. I think they're a really sneaky team. To when Bradley Beal decides it's time to leave Washington, I think they have a lot of assets and uh, capital that they could get make it happen. So this is value as taken today. That this is what I have. So it's Bradley Beal with an expiring of Harrell, right? Well, uh, and they get Terry Rozier, Ma- uh, Mason Plumley. Makes him probably more to match the salaries. Miles uh, Bridges and James Book Knight, two first round picks and two second round picks for Bradley Beal and Harrell. So I don't think Harrell adds too much uh, on the Wizards side giving up. He's an expiring deal. He really didn't do well last season. I don't think that's much of losing. That's more of the, the Hornets just saying, hey, we need an effort player. We're going to need some bench production. Uh, he could be their starting center. Or if Kai Jones has developed enough, could, they could throw him in there. They can go small ball center. Uh, they did do that a few times last season with um, PJ. So that that's possible. But I think it would be a nice place with Bradley Beal. Obviously, defense is the biggest question there. But what do you think? Oh, it'd be a ton of fun. I think that package is, is reasonable, too, like in, in a theoretical world when he requests a trade a year from now, that – package would probably be still really solid um bradley beal with Lamelo ball would be a ton of fun if they had a decent big man next to him say kai jones develops a little bit um pj washington next to him but obviously bradley beal becoming the best player on that team you let Lamelo ball worry a little bit less about scoring and more about getting the ball to beal and other guys while still being a great scorer who can drive it to the rim and shoot it from God knows how how far he wants to. Um, yeah, that'd be a ton of fun. Uh, super excited. They're they're a really fun team to watch. So, I'm excited to watch yeah. the Hornets. <laughs> you, <laughs> you yeah, that is it. a first. And like <laughs> before, when they were the Bobcats, you know, this franchise has not seen a lot of great days. They set the record for the you know least amount of wins or the worst record in the NBA. And I hate to bring up stuff like that because I really want to see them do well. This is an exciting squad. It's a fun fan base that deserves to see a winning team. Their uniforms are sweet. So, I mean, hell yeah, let's go. Let's have a great year this year. But we'll move on to our next topic, Um, something hot in the NBA right now. 
is vaccination status. Uh, something I never expected to see in my lifetime. But with COVID-19, uh, things are new and changing every day. Um, there are some un unvaccinated players in the league. We'll get to just saying right off the bat, 90% of players are vaccinated. That's good to see. We'd love to get that number uh, to 100% in my opinion. But right now, there are a few teams that are kind of in limbo with this vaccination mandate that's not in the NBA. But there is, however, restrictions in specific cities causing their players to have some issues. Those cities being New York City and San Francisco, which affects our teams, the New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets, and Golden State Warriors. Now, everyone knows uh, Andrew Wiggins does not want to take the vaccine. He um, basically has declined any any questions. He's really not digging into like his reasoning for it. He did try getting the religious exemption, um, and then that did not work. Uh, he is the same guy who a few months ago said, I don't see myself getting the COVID-19 vaccine basically until I'm forced to, which now he is basically <laughs> being forced to, and he's not sticking to his word. But let's start there with Andrew Wiggins. I mean, this guy was on my favorite team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, for years. We just got rid of him. I'm so glad we're not having to deal with this right now on top of the news we had last yeah. week. I mean, God, this guy, he just doesn't stay out of his no, own No, I know, and luckily, I mean, it, it's really going to hurt the team, like, hit, especially at the beginning of this season. You know, plays out, they want to stay competitive, they want to make the playoffs, so missing their starting, one of their starting wings, it's going to be tough, and for, that's 40 games. Actually, I, so it's probably, like, closer to 45 with uh, all the New York games uh, put in there. Uh, if not more, I mean, if LA becomes, which it's close, if LA pushes this mandate, there's two more teams. That's almost 50 games he's missing out out of 70. That's that's, that. Yeah, and and that being the rule that we didn't specify um, technically before with those cities, they're not requiring anyone who's unvaccinated to go to indoor dining events. Um, they're not allowing them to go to indoor. Um, sporting events mm -hmm. as well as any other entertainment event so therefore they can't play basketball at their own game um, I mean it's crazy to see but that is the fact of the matter the NBA can't come to an agreement with the NBA or NBPA um, on having a vaccine mandate but the city said you know screw it, we'll have a mandate yeah. anyways so yeah with Andrew Wiggins in San Francisco Golden State Warriors I mean is he gonna get paid? Uh, it's still? it's once you start missing games, if you don't show up to the first game, there's a paycheck. There's this uh, Brian Windhorse has gone a lot over this. Uh, I'm not some pay extraordinaire with the NBA, but it's the more games you miss, this less game, less you get paid, no matter what the reason you miss it for. Um, so it's like the same deal. If Wiggins wants to set, isn't gonna get vaccinated, it's the same deal as Ben Simmons is going through. Like if he's gonna set out games. Uh, financially it's kind of it's the same deal he's not going to get paid that's true he did have that quote uh someone said you're you withstand to lose lots of money what do you say about that and he said that's my yeah. problem not yours essentially so i guess he's prepared for that um he just doesn't want to get a little prick in his arm i mean i understand if he's afraid of needles i personally fought a, a needle fear my whole life but I also am not a total <laughs> bitch, so I was able to go get my vaccine and take care yeah. of my neighbors. I mean, I'm actually not too concerned about Wiggins. Uh, they talked to Steve Kerr, and he was he sounded pretty confident. He's like, I'm confident Wiggins is going to do the right thing. He's like, I'm I'm expecting everyone that needs to be on the floor to be on the floor on opening day. But like, if you expected that, wouldn't he have done it by now? I don't know. What what's going to change from now to the regular season? You really. Like, everyone keeps saying they just expect Kyrie and Andrew Wiggins are going to get these vaccines before the season starts. But, like, if that was the case, I think they would have done it already. Why would they bring the circus to training yeah. camp? You know, especially Andrew Wiggins, a reserved guy. I mean, I could see it on Kyrie's angle where he just loves being yeah. in the news. You know, he'll 
fucking do whatever. He's just Mr. Contrarian without a cause. That is his mantra. Um, but Andrew Wiggins kind of surprised me because, yeah, I understand he's a total fucking idiot. Like, I knew that before. But I also thought he was a reserved guy and maybe didn't want all this spotlight on him for, you know, something as simple yeah, as that. Yeah, maybe, maybe he does conflict with something in his religion. But, however, like, you're an NBA player and this is what they want, man. Like, if you want to play basketball, you're going to do it. That's why, like, if we want to move over. So, like, that's why Steve Kerr come out and saying, like, he didn't say he's going to get the vaccine. He's like, um, he, he did not seem worried about it. He was like, no, yep, I'm sure he's going to get the vaccine. I expect everyone to be out there on the floor opening day. In contrast to, like, James Harden, Steve Nash, and Kevin Durant, when they were asked about it, they're like, don't worry about it. They're like, we'll deal with that. You know, that's. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, they're like, not good. fuck Kyrie. Like, another thing. Like, how I didn't. He just didn't show up to games because he was going out and breaking COVID protocol last season. I mean, he only played 54 games last season. Yeah, he had to go on sabbaticals. You know, he had to just take his time to be Kyrie. Like, you know, franchises coddle this guy all the time. And then he's always just like, ah, you know what? I'm going to throw some more drama yeah. on top of it. I'm not a fan of, like, I used to really like Kyrie, honestly. Oh, I love yeah, him. Yeah, super skillful. So fun. However, like, oh, what, what do I have here? Only played 54 games last year. He was injured in the playoffs this this season. Twice he was injured in the playoffs with Boston. Missed out two of those seasons because he got injured. One of them was before uh, the season uh, playoffs came around. The other one was during the playoffs. Like, he's... Yeah, which the injuries ruined the chemistry there yeah. before it could have started. He just so if he can't play in home games, that's forty home games. Uh, plus two other teams have the vaccine, so and LA's not far behind. LA's another three games, and it's three games with the Knicks and Warriors. So combinated for forty six games, he's gonna miss out. Uh, he says it's a private matter. KD Harden not worried. I would be totally worried. I was, I'm just through with it. I'm like, does, does this guy want to play basketball? Like. Out of everything, like, I get it. He thinks the media is out to get him, and the media is not the best at, I mean, they eat up these Kyrie things, but, like, dude, like, you're kind of doing it to yourself. <laughs> like, like you don't have to do all this. And I know he's, he's like, it's a private matter. It's what I want to do. It's, he's, I don't, I shouldn't have to tell somebody what I do with my body, and nobody should tell me what to do. I'm like, okay, like, great, but it's your job. <laughs> like, come on, man. I just want to watch you play yeah, basketball. Yeah, I mean, like, I I keep hearing the personal matter on, like, the medical freedom from um, anti-vaxxers on this matter. And, like, you know, that's right. It is your choice. You're totally allowed to do anything in life, but you're not free from consequence. Yeah. And that's what that's what they don't get. They don't get that connection, like... Sorry, just because you don't want COVID to be um, real doesn't mean that it's not. You know, it is here, and it still affects people. Like, it affects overweight people, and it affects elderly people the most. And pe most people who still recognize that COVID exists, but, like, they don't, they're not worried about it, whatever. It's, they're, they're basically just saying, fuck those people, and that's their problem, not mine. Which is, like, it's not that hard for you to get a shot to take care of everyone you know, not everyone's in the best situation. Not everyone is obese by choice. There is diabetes that is still an yeah. issue in this world as well. And when people have preconditions that they didn't choose to have themselves, well, then things pile on top of each other when they get COVID and maybe they get complications with that. And all it really comes down to is, are you willing to do something that takes less than 10 minutes to take care of your fellow your fellow neighbor and you know i heard jonathan isaac use the quote love thy neighbor when he was talking about his anti-vax stance the other day and it was just so yeah ironic. yeah that's it's <laughs> a tough thing he he is a very religious guy however that didn't make any sense to me either no He's just it, like his whole thing it reminded me of every pastor that like or his um his conference that I'm talking mm -hmm. about answering questions. It reminded me of every time I went to church and the pastors just 
spew a bunch of bullshit like that sounds really good like they're well spoken but it's just a bunch of horse shit they spilled all over the floor and none of it makes sense and that's what jonathan yeah. isaac did like he contradicted his previous statement no yeah and too obviously it's not as big of a deal because with jonathan isaac because he's probably not even gonna play the first 10 games anyway and they just want to see he's still in rehab right now there's we still have yet to figure out when we're going to see him this season. However, when that comes around, like <laughs> we're going to have to see it. Like I've, everyone wants to see him play. Like yeah. he's been out constantly. It seems like since he was drafted and he got that big contract. So hopefully he plays some NBA games <laughs> before. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh, now you're going to be out. Cause you don't want to get the vaccine. It's like, you've been out half of your career. Yeah, like, you dude. have a responsibility to play. That's not going to sit well with management. Yeah. Yeah, oh no. I mean, these guys are getting paid millions of dollars, like, and they're making a complaint, like, oh, I don't know what's getting put in my body there. It's like, hey, bro, you're getting paid millions of dollars. You'll put whatever I tell you to put in your body. Like, if I'm the general manager, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, hey, man, if I come up to you and I say, take these performance enhancing drugs, you're also taking those. And you might take a fall for it. We'll still pay you under the table, but. You take whatever I give you. No, it's I, it's literally only because it's called a COVID vaccine. If like people are always like, I want, I care about what goes in my body. I'm like, when your yearly flu shot comes around, you know it's a different flu shot every year, right? Like it's the same thing. Like if they would have just called the COVID vaccine a flu shot, people would. So how many people would have taken it? Well, I think the the flaw with that as well is that most people that aren't getting these COVID vaccines probably don't get their flu shots annually. You're right. So I think they just don't get vaccines in general and they don't want to be bothered to go out of their way to get something where they're like, I don't think I need that. So I understand it from that standpoint, but not in a way that I think it's okay. I understand it in a way that, oh, that's their thinking. They're still a piece (laughs) of shit. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I'm with you. So I, I just... I mean, I need I need to get my flu shot more often, but let's just say get your COVID shot. I mean, God damn it, we're in a pandemic for a reason. I don't know why people need to think, yeah, that it's like some coop and mass uh, conspiracy against them. That somehow all the other countries are. I don't on. I just want to see Kyrie play basketball. Yeah, I would love to see Kyrie play basketball alongside James Harden and Kevin Durant as well. Uh, Jonathan Isaac on this Magic team is going to be fun. Andrew Wiggins sucks <laughs> at basketball. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., uh, anti-vax as well. He's really good, though. Bradley Beal, I mean, I I want to see him keep playing. But he was, man, that was rough. Yeah, it'd be tough. Luckily, actually. all my fantasy players, all I think most of them are vaccinated, so <laughs> we're good. Yeah, you got to yeah, take that into account. <laughs> yeah. But let's move on. I think we've had enough uh, Vax talk. It's a little heated on that. But um, Portland Trailblazers, exciting team. They are on the brink of extinction, though, here with their relationship with Damian Lillard. What do they do to make it better? Well, they have to win games, Dalton. They have to win games. And they're not going to do it to a bigger level than last season with the guys that they brought in this year being Cody Zeller and Larry Nance and uh, Ben La- Ben McLemore being the main ones. They need to bring in another player. Now, let's go up with some trade proposals here that could possibly get them that guy. One that I want to say right off the bat, I don't think that they, first of all, I don't think that the Blazers can bring in a guy better than C.J. McCollum without trading C.J. McCollum. So my first trade is C.J. McCollum and a first-round pick for Tobias Harris. Uh, This would get them a guy who can score inside and out. Uh, He's still only 28, so it's the same as C.J. McCollum. Shoots a lot of mid-range shots, and he kind of lives in the corner in the top of the key. But that's a guy who can find his spot and get his shots. So I would love to have him on this team especially because he could get some rebounds, take some pressure off Nurkic inside, and keep Covington more on the outside, taking the threes and passing it on the perimeter. You know, I think that would be a solid get for them. Personally, I don't know if the Sixers um, would do that. 
if they want that primary ball handler and they're like, all right, this is the best we're going to do, maybe they pull the trigger on it. But I think that's a solid move. Um, to Especially, they just need to shake things up in Portland, in my opinion, too. I think the Dame, Lil, or the Dame-CJ connection is just, it's run its course. It's been a long time, and it's time to get him. Yeah, uh, I know. So I like that, but I think a swap, just a clear swap is more engaged. I do think CJ McCollum went on the floor is better than Tobias Harris, but really what I see Portland buying into is Tobias Harris rarely misses games. Like he does not get injured often. And that's like the big thing for Portland. Like we need consistency. Like he's probably going to fill the same role as CJ does. He's not the best uh, playmaker as it's said. He's just a guy. He's great wing to just have out there score doesn't play that great of defense but i mean neither did uh cj mccollum but i just don't see i mean i guess they do have a norman powell to come up and play that too and they can just have tobias play the i mean tobias covington can switch off three or four with uh um larry nance there i i I would i like that fit i'm interested in it you know it's i i'm not convinced that that puts them over the top however i'm interested to see where it goes i don't think it hurts them any I think realistically, they don't have no. a ton of choices to get over the top. I mean, I don't know who they're going to get, honestly, that's better than Tobias Harris. I know uh, there's other names out there, but realistically, trades for big-time players don't happen until the trade deadline, and it's usually not going to be like for a superstar. You know, it's just it's yeah. not like um, The only superstar I have getting traded at all for this is uh i don't think it's a good fit but i just wanted to throw it in here because everyone's talking about is a ben simmons trade so it's ben simmons for cj mccollum nasir little and ronde hollis jefferson sixers fans probably not gonna like that but that's what his value is i mean he's not you're not you're losing a ton of scoring if you're at portland right because you like who's the so you have three scores that were consistent because you lost Cantor, and Cantor was actually a huge part of their offense last season. And plus, he he was great on the offensive boards, rebounding. He really stepped up when Nurkic went down because Nurkic is just a pile of injuries waiting to happen. So, getting Ben Simmons, sure it helps your defense, sure it helps your playmaking. You get another playmaker next to Dame, but you lose so much offense. Like you don't you now you go from your. You're a shared third third option between Nurkic and uh, Norman Powell to like Norman Powell being your second scoring option, and I don't like that look. Uh, and Ben Simmons, it's just I just don't like it. I don't think it's the right fit. I think if a Ben Simmons trade is going to happen, it's going to be Ben Simmons and stuff for Dame, because that that makes more starting the reload process or rebuild process for Portland. I'm not a fan of this. I think this trade is would would go through i just i'm not a fan of the fit yeah i'm not a super big fan of of ben simmons in portland either unless they they had to just pull the trigger and get him on a rebuild i agree with you on that standpoint i think cj mccollum gives them a lot in terms of three-point shooting where if you went to none um to ben simmons that would be a huge loss at least if you get a guy like tobias harris he's willing to shoot the three um you know they're obviously totally different players and the positions they play but it gets you maybe just better at the big position which they haven't had since yeah. Marcus Aldridge yeah but so here's another one I have it's it's more or less this is just a straight up swap defense for offense it's just a mix-up it's uh so Larry Nance and Rondé Hollis Jefferson two of their defensive forwards they throw in and they get TJ Warren you get another scoring option just a solid shooter. I'm mostly, I think it's good. I think that'd be good. I think um, losing the defense and rebounds from Nance is kind of tough, but to get a guy who can create space on the on the wing and drive drive into the paint, I think he raises their ceiling more than tries to fit the system. Uh, like I mean, when you look at Nance and Ronda Hollis Jefferson, they're like they're getting defenders in. They're like we just need better some defense defenders into this system. But when you add T.J. Warren, you're like okay, now they have like four 24, 20 point per game scores with Norman Powell, C.J. McCollum, T.J. Warren, and 
uh, Lillard. I think that's really dangerous. Does not help them defensively because you'd like to think that would be a starting starting lineup with all four of them. So Dame, CJ, Powell, TJ, and Nurkic. I just I don't think that's enough defense. But who knows? I mean, defense all really does fall down to the system. And if Chauncey Billups can push a great defense, cool. I mean, I think that's what they're leaning on for the for their yeah. uh, defensive system this year is a lot of Chauncey Billups change. If they could trade with Indiana and possibly make a Karis Levert, Miles Turner package work to trade Norman Powell and C.J. McCollum the other way, I don't know if the Pacers would have any interest in that, but you get the big you need in Portland and you get a solid shooting guard while losing C.J. McCollum. So it's like, all right, we feel good now. We're still complete. Maybe we're a little more barren on the on the three wing and you still want a guy more like T.J. Warren. But, hey, I mean, I'd be really excited about Levert and they really need a big yeah. man too. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. But So here's my last one. It's... um. Kind of a little bit of the same, but not not giving as much defense. It's uh, the they're giving the Washington Wizards Larry Nance, Dennis Smith Jr., and Nasir Little, and they're getting back Aaron Holiday and Montrez Harrell. They're getting a decent playmaker, scorer off the bench, uh, backup point guard that's actually proven to do some decent attributes. He's like a total liability offensively. I mean, defensively, actually, he's not a good playmaker, but you get some decent scoring off the bench, uh, athletic score. But then you get uh, Harrell, and Harrell's just hustle, hustle player, get you rebounds, get you some decent, great energy, great energy. rim running. I think that that would fit a lot. I mean, he could really step into the six-man role here too and come out and be another six-man of the year for these guys. I really see him feeling fitting into the system, especially if they have uh, – like Harold does well when there is an established center. Like, I mean, Zubac isn't the best center, but he still could step in when they had size. And when you have that versatility like the Lakers didn't have because – AD really wants to play the four, and he was injured. That's really why that the his fit with the Lakers didn't work out, and Paul, Paul Gasol was go, was older. But I think he would fit well in this. Aaron Holiday is fine. Uh, I know I'm just using Larry Nance a lot, but he's really their only like movable salary. I mean, I don't see that why they would move Covington. He's a great fit for this team, so that's why it's just Larry Nance salary <laughs> getting tossed around. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get good value if they traded away Covington. I mean, you could trade him and get like a, a pick back, but they need guys who can play. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. I mean, this is a this is going to be an interesting year for them. Some people still think that Damian Lillard could request a trade by the trade deadline. I don't see that possibly happening. I don't think he's requesting a trade during the season. And I think that's just Sixers fans still being hopeful that that ship did. Yeah, I don't sail, think that's happening either. It shipped. I think it's time. the. I think he's going to give them a full season, and we'll see what the off season brings. I think if they make it to yeah. the conference finals again, yeah. I think that helps their situation. I think if they make it anywhere less than the conference finals, he's not going to be happy, and he's going to go somewhere else. But I mean, this team made the conference finals. Yeah. That's the thing about Portland; you never know how far they're going to go once they hit the uh, postseason. Like they're a really fun team to watch, so I'm I'm excited to to see what they do. That was just one time, though. I mean, it could have been a fluky year, but hopefully um, hopefully they can pull it together this year. I love a lot of the players on their team. I love Damian Lillard. I hope he has an awesome season. Um, I'm looking forward to it, too. But let's get back to uh, Pacers talk. Uh, Pacers talk 101. <laughs> the Indiana Pacers, uh, they've been sort of rocking the boat, just nice little waves for years, you know. They've made the playoffs many years, never done much in the in the tournament once they've gotten there. Lately, they've just barely missed the playoffs most years. And this year, they kind of project to be right on the edge um, near that play-in tournament type team, but most people probably have them missing it even. But they have a lot of solid players on this team. But the question is, is it time to take a direction? Rebuild... Or trade for a star and get better. That's yeah. their two choices. What do you feel they need to do? Honestly, I think uh, more of a reload, like in the vein of what the Raptors are doing, is the best move. I think 
I think if you can, you can hold on to Karras, but at all costs, hold on to Sabonis right now. I think you can you can deal with trading away TJ Warren, Brogdon, Lamb, Miles Turner, and try to yeah, – I'm especially right now, think of all the assets they would get back. I think that would be awesome. We've talked about how many teams would like uh, Turner getting in there, TJ Warren. Brogdon would obviously be a great fit on most teams, good defensive playmaker. It's 20 points per game, defense – playmaking solid guy you can throw on any team and be good but they've been middle of the road for too long i and i think about if they added a star like even if they added a bradley beal to that team i just think it would strip the roster to the point where they would be inflexible like they wouldn't be able to do anything like we were just talking about the portland trailblazers you know so i just and i even if they had a star with a stripped roster i don't see them competing with the nets bucks or even the heat so i just i think they need to raise their ceiling uh, toss out those guys that clearly aren't working. Um, the Turner Sabonis fit has has never worked. Um, and just try to build around Sabonis and Levert as like a second, a second and third option, or maybe a first option if you can pull out two more scoring guys and lead by committee. You know, it's it's just been this slow, very slow decline ever since uh, Oladipo got hurt because they had Oladipo. He was their star. He was supposed to be. He was supposed to come in as an MVP candidate. I mean, he had a really good season. Then that injury just kind of fucked his career. So here's where they stand. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this has been coming for a bit. It's, um, you know, they've kind of gone from great guard to great guard, from George to Oladipo. Now they've got Karis LeVert. I mean, they're not exactly all on the same level, but solid players who have promise when they come into the team. But is Karis LeVert going to be like the others where he's going to be gone in a few years? That's kind of the question. I think it could be worthwhile to trade for a star, but it's going to be hard to get a superstar. But here's the thing. They've got Sabonis right now as their best player. He's ideally, he's or right now, he's probably like a top 40, top 50 player in the league. Karis LeVert's not too far beyond that. But say they get another guy right around that top 40, like right on the edge like a Jeremy Grant who scored 22.3 points per game last season with 4.6 rebounds. You get a guy like that, he can guard all positions capably. He obviously wouldn't get as many blocks as, say, Miles Turner, but maybe you trade Miles Turner and a first-round pick or two for Jeremy Grant so you can get more scoring and some more versatility and a guy who can run it out in fast break with your team. I think that's a guy who could help out uh, open up things for even like Malcolm Brogdon and Sabonis. And while it wouldn't put them in the same spot as the Nets, Bucks, or, or Heat even, I think it would put them right under that. And with a coach like Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle is the X factor that can maybe take them over the top even once they get to a playoff series. And the fact that they hired him in the first place tells me a retooling is not happening. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I don't think it's happening soon. However, I think it's if they don't produce, I think if they get another play in play in tournament loss, I think it's. I think a lot of pe- players will get moved, and I don't. I don't know if anybody besides Sabonis is uh, secure. I mean, especially with Karis being having another back injury already, <laughs> like it's tough. It's tough, but I think, yeah, Jeremy Grant would be an awesome fit instead of Miles Turner. Like I said, Miles Turner and Sabonis never fit well together. They're both, I mean, they're effectively both centers. They're both slower. So if you move Sabonis to the center, you lose that shot, yeah. uh, shot blocking in the paint. That'd be, but you gain a lot more shooting, versatility, yeah, athleticism. It, it's all there, and he could, Jeremy Grant could definitely set, step in at the four. I think that would work out really well. Yeah. I think that's a fun idea. We know Indiana had some interest in Ben Simmons, potentially trading Malcolm Brogdon in a first-round pick for him that the Sixers swiftly declined. Maybe it doesn't take much more than that. Maybe they have to include another pick or another young player. But Ben Simmons on this team could be interesting too. I do, yeah. Um, Go I, I would like more shooting. Karis LeVert's not as great from the three to be alongside Not as Sabonis and uh, Turner and... Warren's decent from three. He just doesn't shoot a lot of threes. And Jeremy Lamb is kind of their their shooter. But, yeah, uh, I I do like yeah. the fit of Ben Simmons because 
because they have all these assets. So if you can go out and get a Ben Simmons, even if you give up Malcolm Brogdon a first and then a little more change, like, I don't know, who else do they have? Like, you can throw in, I would, I wouldn't like to give up Jeremy Lamb, but you could throw in a Jeremy Lamb or maybe even just another first. I think that's, I think that's a nice fit. You can still have, Simmons at the one in that case and still have Sabonis. Levert can come along as a three-point shooter, but I think you're one piece away if they get Ben Simmons and keep Sabonis. I think they're one piece away from really being seriously looked at as a maybe not a contender in this league, but they could definitely make some noise like the Heat. Yeah, you never know. I mean, they when you have a, as great of a coach as Rick Carlisle and you've got solid players on the team, you're going to be good. It's just a question of how good injuries are bound to happen. You never know um, if, when it's going to be your shot. So I think this year they're running it back um, with their guys till the trade deadline, see what the record's like, probably trade Miles Turner at that point if they're not, if they don't like where they're at. Um, but otherwise, you know, I think they're, they're going to see what they got at least with this new, with this new coach. I think most of the players in that, and the general manager over there think like, okay, we got our coach. That was mm-hmm. our fresh change. We'll do the players next. Yeah, I mean, they necessary. arguably got they. I think they did get the best coach. Uh, they were the best coaching change that for the off season. So that's their off season, and that I mean, that's a good off season in itself. Uh, I actually expect this trade deadline to be really yep. quiet. I don't think big moves are going to happen unless something gigantic happens that I don't foresee. I just. I just think it's going to be pretty quiet. Yeah, I just think we're too far away to have any idea yeah. who's even on the that list. That and the, I traded. think the effect of the play-in tournament has actually really showed up this season where there, a lot of these teams are like, I could make the playoffs. I don't want to trade everyone away, you know? There's only there's such few teams, and those teams that we all expect have already gotten rid of their players. Yeah, but that's cool yeah. to see. I mean, that is, I was skeptical of the play-in tournament at first, in my opinion, Um but if it gets teams to be competitive for longer throughout the season, well, then isn't that the whole point of yeah. playing a season? That's great, then. That's awesome. I'm, I'm all for it. So I think good effects like that is important. And they've been talking about possibly having a midseason tournament where players get paid a million dollars per player on the winning team. Personally, I don't oh. think that's enough incentive. But clearly looking for ways to keep the regular season entertaining and keep teams competitive i mean i like it i get it you're trying to look for new things um i don't know i don't know if a mid-season tournament is it though i don't think it's it either uh i really don't know what it is uh even the all-star game is losing its lackluster with the players. It's just all be moving towards the playoffs and the playoffs is everything. You know, we, we already see teams just like the Nets. They just don't give a shit. Like they're like, we just want to go like that. Yeah. The two seed like, anyway. We'll just show up and play some basketball and where they really, I mean, I'm sure they care about getting like a top four seed at least, but. But even that, I feel like, you know, we saw the Lakers end up with the seventh seed this year, and maybe that was just because they weren't as good as we hoped they were or thought we knew they were. Um, But, like, it also seemed like they just weren't that urgent um, to get, like, a better seed. And also, Anthony Davis was out for a lot of games, and it was LeBron and all the scrubs. But, hey. Yeah, I actually think a lot of this, like, playoff look and how the players look at it was affected by, like, LeBron James in his last year, the Cavs. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, we we tried so hard in the regular season. We did all this stuff. But then, like, look at at LeBron with the Cavs. They just have LeBron, and LeBron just dragged dragged this team to the finals. Like, they're like, like, it really just matters how you play in the playoffs. And obviously, like, that didn't even, like, the... Like Giannis didn't even get MVP because they just thought he was going to choke in the playoffs again. Like I think if he would have actually shown, like he would have won MVP again. <laughs> like he got better from his last MVP season. Yeah, it was like all the perception. It was like, well, yeah, you had a great regular season, but we know what you're going to do in the playoffs. So clearly, you don't deserve. Yeah, which is a contradiction in season. itself because the MVP should have nothing to do with the playoffs, <laughs> and that's because that's kind of the point of the finals MVP. But um, yeah, I I don't know what they can do to mix up the season, but 
I think the play-in ser- tournament has made things more competitive, at least for those. For I'd say it really keeps six through, uh, through like eleven competitive towards the end of the season. They're not sitting people. They're like, oh yeah, we want to like keep our spot because you can fall into the play play-in tournament. Like even those six seeds, they're like, I gotta get wins. So, but still, like the better teams, naturally the teams that everyone goes to see aren't. They're like we we're in the third seed. We're we're sitting fine. Like worst case scenario, we fall to like the fourth seed. They're they're, they're still not trying as yeah. hard, and especially like I still think of Kyrie. Like I don't think he gives a shit during the regular season at all. He's like I'll just show up for the playoffs, get injured, and we'll see how it goes from there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, going back to Kyrie, I mean, with his track record and not giving a shit in the regular season, I could see him being like, you know, I'm not gonna take that vaccine till like halfway through the season knowing damn well he was going to take the vaccine the whole time but he's like damn i can use this as an excuse to not show up and yeah, play a, basketball awesome. he, he, i think he's really just come, become a different player since leaving the Cavs. i don't know but that's Kyrie. but yeah i mean he's yeah he was lebron's two man over there and he's wanted to be the one man ever since didn't work he left. out yet like you can't just you can't have the ego before this before the game man yeah. like you're gonna piss people off like you got to be a number one that acts like a number one that, more than just, just didn't turn out to be a good playing. leader yeah gotta be a leader like... terrible leader one of the worst leaders in the league right up there with the other two players that are on the team with him it's actually crazy how like james harden's a decent leader but even he quit on the rockets after he was there for years and didn't set a good example for anyone there. But you got James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, who are three of the worst um, leaders in terms of making the guys around them. Better. I think Katie's. I, I certainly don't think he's a the best. Acts like the. I mean, he yeah, he has a lot of. I don't know how to say this. I mean, he went to the Warriors. He said because like he could go yeah. there and just fill a role. Like he's not an alpha dog. He went there because he was like, hey, I can just worry about scoring, getting the ball to me, and playing my game. You know, these guys are going to get their shots up, and I'm going to just do me. He doesn't have the alpha uh, mentality in him to want to lead because he doesn't want to. He doesn't feel comfortable doing that. And so he feels more comfortable teaming up with other guys that are in the top 15 range of players in the NBA. That makes him comfortable. Letting other guys also dominate, so he doesn't have to do more stuff. So, yeah, I yeah, think he's good. I, I actually, I think James Harden's a really good leader. I understood why he left the Rockets. I thought he could have done it in a better fashion, but I understood. Like you're, he gave that team everything, one MVP, but oh no, she could have left yeah, on sure. a better note. And KD, you're at KD is definitely a a second leadership option. I think he fills that that role better. Like he's does more on the court, and I think he could be an alpha dog. And I think he's really trying. Yeah, and I think he really play. is trying on this Nets, and I think he certainly can lead them. However, it's just not – I think these guys fit his leadership style better. Uh, speaking of Kyrie, Blake Griffin, because yeah, yeah, they're, they're already really, really good. good. So not best for player anything. development like LeBron That's or Steph Curry. However, he takes it, he'll takes he take players as they are and lead them to what he needs. That's why I, That's why OKC never turned out is because they had a lot of players that needed development still. Yeah, like James Harden yep. and Russell but, Westbrook. Yeah, hope that I don't think <gasps> the conclusion is I don't think they should have a mid-season tournament. <laughs> the conclusion is fuck Kevin Durant. That is always the conclusion to anything because he thinks he took the hardest road and he took the easiest path right. of all time. But here we are on Strictly Ball Business, always breaking it down for you. You got something else for us today nope, before we wrap nope. it up? Uh, that's all for me all right man well we previewed the charlotte hornets today heading into this next season super fun exciting team um with a couple of flaws but i think they're going to be a ton of fun to watch we've also got uh vaccination versus unvaccination in the nba so we broke that down what can the blazers do what should the pacers do Tune back in to listen to some more. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd love to hear from you again in the comments. Uh, if you agree or disagree 
with anything that we said. If you hate the color of my hat or the look of his glasses, let us know. Uh, Strictly Ball Business episode 15. I think 15. So great times. Uh, We will see you all next time.